following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. I found in him a friend so strong and true. I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. All my life was full of when Jesus found me All my heart was full of misery and woe Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me And he led me in the way I ought to go No one ever cared for me like Jesus, there's no other friend so strong as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. from me 
is on. It's not a time for tame religion. It's not time for half a half-committed person who says, I can hang with Jesus and I can hang with the world. The time of compromise is past. America is being destroyed. America is crashing morally. Every evil thing is being done Planned Parenthood is again selling body parts, negotiating the parts of a baby. This is worse than Gerber in the Second World War with Nazi Germany. This is America. Every filthy and unclean thing is being lifted up by the progressives and the leftists. This is a time of great emergency. War has been declared on righteousness and on holiness. The theaters are filled with violence and darkness beyond what any decent person should even view or talk about. The news is filled with horrific murder, rape, mayhem. It is a time of desperate need. And so we come on Pilgrim's Progress. And I'm going to open the scriptures to you and I'm going to show you the battle. I'm going to show you the battle, the great controversy that has been going on year after year after year, but now it is heating up. The devil is determined to take America down. He is determined to take the Western world down. They were based on the Judeo-Christian ethic. There were values. Those values are being utterly destroyed in Europe today. Europe is on the verge of collapse. Islam is rushing in with its godless religion. The same is happening in America. We are watching the setup for the final actions in the history of this world. Lord Jesus, I ask that as we come to this study today from your word, that you will open our hearts and our minds and that you will show us our part in this battle that is raging. And Lord, many today are comfortable in the remnants of their American lifestyle. But they are not participating in the battle for righteousness. Lord, save us from legalism. Save us from self-righteousness. But, oh God, show us how to join the battle. To fight on the side of our Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Lord, thank you. Quicken us by your Spirit now. Open our minds and our hearts that we could understand and see where to grab a hold in this battle that we could share in the victory. Because, Lord, I read the end of the story. And in the end, every knee will bow before you and proclaim that you are the Christ. Lord, I read the end of the story. You win and the devil loses. Lord, he is not a good man. He is the devil, liar, cheater, thief, accuser of the brethren. Lord, don't let us be casual about this battle or we will be casualties of this battle, lost for eternity. Lord, show us now what we need to see in your word. I pray in your holy name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Now I'm going to take you to a number of scriptures. You may want to jot them down and in your leisure go back and review these scriptures. And all of this to bring us to basically two scriptures in the book of Matthew. So let's let's set the table so that you can understand what we're talking about today. In the book of Mark the first chapter, verse 14. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom of God. Well, gospel, we know, means good tidings, good news. But what is the kingdom of God? Let's just review. The kingdom of God is not a geographic kingdom first and foremost. It is the divine authority of God. And the question is, will you allow the divine authority of God to rule over your life or will you be in rebellion against his divine authority? Now, literally, we have, and I'm going to share with you, The kingdom of God is advancing in this earth, and it is going to squeeze the devil out. God is interested in taking this terra firma, this planet, this earth. He wants to take it over. He wants to control what happens here, and he is going to destroy evil. And the devil is evil incarnate. And his goal is to come in and take over the earth. And every knee is going to bow before him and confess that he is the Lord, the Christ, the Savior of the world. So now, very clearly, the good news that God is coming to take over the earth is good news. Because he is loving and kind, he is pure, he is clean, he is compassionate and long-suffering and we have to decide if we're going to hold to the kingdom of God and allow his authority to rule over us now notice the time has been fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near the time has been fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near 
the kingdom of God was not squeezing the devil out through the old covenant. He was merely establishing a model so that we could understand in the new covenant the work of Jesus Christ that cast the final vote against the devil. He says, you must, let me turn the page, you must repent and must believe in the gospel. In other words, you must repent for being a part of darkness. There are only two powers. There is the power of God, the power of light, and there is the power of the devil and the power of darkness. There is no neutral ground for us to stand on. We're either a part of the kingdom of light or we're a part of the kingdom of darkness. This is locative. By that I mean it is location. I've said many times to you on this broadcast, you cannot be in Chicago and in New York at the same time. It is location. It is locative. You must either be in Chicago or you must be in New York or journeying between them. You cannot be in both cities at the same time. You cannot be in the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness at the same time. We are called out of sin. That is the kingdom of darkness. We are called into righteousness. That is innocence. Dikasune in the Greek means innocence. We are called into the kingdom of innocence. And so the war is on. And he immediately begins to say, in verse 17, And Jesus said to them, You must follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. In other words, I'm enlisting you in the battle for righteousness, to save men out of the darkness into the light. Churches were never meant to be places of entertainment. They were never meant to be social gatherings. They were meant to be onward Christian soldiers marching as to war, to lift up the royal banner, to defeat the enemy, to walk clean before God. Now, if you go with me to the book of Romans, the 14th chapter, let me begin reading in Romans 14, verse 17. Now, the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness, that is, innocence, holiness, but righteousness and peace, shalom, provision, and joy in the Holy Spirit, this is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the royal authority of God that's being exercised now in this great battle against darkness. It's not about food and drink. It's not about stuff. It's about righteousness, innocence. Are you innocent today before God? Are you sinning against Almighty God? If you are, you are part of darkness, not of light. Peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. For the one serving the Christ in these things is well-pleasing to God and acceptable to men. So then, let us pursue the things of peace 
and the things that are upbuilding for one another. Violence is everywhere today. When I go on, say, the Drudge Report, there are certain items I simply don't click on. Why? Because I don't want to fill my eyes and my mind with the wicked violence that is so apparent. I choose to turn aside from violence. Some of you enjoy violent games. Some of you enjoy violent movies. Some of you just enjoy violence. That is of the kingdom of darkness. And when you participate in those things, the presence of God withdraws from you. He's saying, For the one serving the Christ in these things is well-pleasing to God. That is the one serving in innocence, in peace, and in joy. And he's acceptable to men. So then, let us pursue the things of peace and the things that are upbuilding for one another. So this is not a time to be tearing down one another. It's a time of accepting and loving and cherishing one another. It's a time to be considerate, not to be self-righteous, not to be judgmental. I hear people say, oh, I have this truth and I have to make you understand this truth. You have to get a hold of this truth. Well, no, if that truth is not Jesus Christ, I don't need to get a hold of it. I only need Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Everything that does not center or anything that does not center in Jesus Christ, I want nothing to do with. Because I'm in a battle. I'm not a civilian. I'm engaged with Jesus in the battle for the souls of men and women, for the removal of Satan from this world, for the defeat of the powers of darkness. And so I boldly come and proclaim the war is on between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Our victory is assured at the cross, but the battle is still on for the souls of men and women. That is what consumes us. Now, if you go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 7, you endure because of discipline. In other words, this army is not undisciplined. This army has been driven into the desert where we have met with the Lord and he has revealed himself. Now, the demoniac that Jesus met at Gadaria, the devil was always trying to drive him into the desert, but he was driving him into the desert to kill him. Jesus takes his people into the desert to teach them and discipline them so that they will be totally dependent upon Jesus. Now, if you've never, if you have never lacked, you've never really wanted something from Jesus, if you have depended on your credit cards and you've depended on all of your other means to take care of yourself, 
and you're living a comfortable, normal life, and there's no sacrifice for the kingdom of God, you have avoided the desert, and you have avoided the discipline of God on your life. It is only in discipline, suffering, being brought to an end of ourselves and recognizing that only Jesus Christ can save us until we come to that place. He cannot use us in this battle. But once we've come to that place and we acknowledge the desperate need, we come to a place where we say, okay, I'm done. I'm done with the world. I'm done with the devil. I'm done with wickedness. I'm done with sin. I choose Jesus Christ. I choose his righteousness. I choose his power and his presence in my life. I'm not going to play with the devil anymore. Now, a number of you have not made that decision yet. You're convicted when you listen to the broadcast, and then you go back to your same old, same old sin. Why? Because you're not really sure you want to serve Jesus Christ. You still want your ego boosted. You still want your pride to be padded. You want your things of this world. You have to allow Jesus to lead you totally into the desert. And there, we're told in the Valley of Baca, will be great weeping. But it will turn into a place of springs. He'll make the desert blossom. So in my life, the Lord is beginning to make my life blossom. And I'm rejoicing in this. He's taking away the loneliness of my heart. He is meeting me. And as I have increasingly spent time in his word, in the prayer closet, pleading before him, allowing him to do whatever is necessary to establish me in his innocence, my heart has been rejoicing. Now notice... You endure because of discipline. Discipline is both punishment and teaching. God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? Now, if you're without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. In other words, you are going to suffer if you choose to follow Jesus Christ. You're going to be brought to an end of yourself. And you're finally going to be brought to a place where you simply say, I will not turn away from you, Jesus. I will not turn away from you, Jesus. This is a personal war that you're engaged in. And by the power of the Spirit, You make a decision. I'm done with sin. I'm done with the devil. I claim in the name of Jesus the victory. And now you're done. You're not going to turn away from Jesus again. He's everything to you. He says, furthermore, we used to have fathers of our flesh to discipline us. And we were respecting them. Will we not much more be subject to the Father of our spirits and we will live? 
For they, for a few days, used to discipline us according to the things seeming good to them. But he, for the things benefiting us, for us to partake in his holiness. His goal is that we participate in his holiness so that we can participate in the war that is active and hot and on for the moral good of the people to call them out of darkness into light, to rebuke the darkness by a godly life, to be able to speak freely the word of God, to be fearless in inviting people to come out of the darkness into the light. Verse 11, Now all discipline for the present does not seem to be joyful but painful, Then later it gives back the peaceful fruit of righteousness to the ones having been trained by it. The peaceful fruit of innocence. That's what the Greek word dikasune means. Rendered righteous, innocent. Therefore, this is verse 12, Hebrews 12, verse 12. Therefore, you must strengthen the hands having been weak and the knees having been feeble. And you must make straight paths for your feet that the lame may not be turned aside, but rather be healed. This war is not about killing people. This war is about saving souls from the devil who wants to kill people. You must pursue peace with all men and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord, seeing to it lest anyone falling from the grace of God, lest some root of bitterness grow up may cause trouble and by this may defile many with sin, lest anyone be a fornicator or a godless person like Esau who in exchange for for one meal he sold his birthright For you must know that even afterward, desiring to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, although having sought it with tears. We cannot play with God in this war. Esau, with tears, tried to recoup his blessing, and he could not. He found no place of repentance. One man said to me, Pastor, I'm not going to serve Jesus anymore. I'm just going to walk away. But you know what? I'll be back. I just need some time in the world. I need to get a little bit of freedom. And I said to him, my dear brother, you don't get to repent when you choose to repent. When you have turned aside from Jesus Christ... It will be a divine gift of heaven if he allows you to repent. Salvation is not something that flows out of you and me. Salvation flows out of Jesus Christ by the power of his blood through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not something... Well, I'll drop that class now and pick it up later. (coughs) Pardon me. It's not self-help. 
This walk with Jesus is a walk of supernatural divine power as he enables us to walk clean before him. And many of you have said, no, I can't stop sinning. No, you can't stop sinning, but Jesus in you will stop the sinning. But you have to join the war and give yourself up to Jesus Christ and make the determination, I will not turn my back on Jesus again. I will not turn away from him. I'm going to walk clean in Jesus. So the word is saying, don't be like Esau, who thought with a whim he could sell his birthright, and then he could go back and claim it again. He couldn't. Repentance is a gift that God gives us. It is not our right. It does not belong to us. Repentance is a gift from God. So don't harden your heart. Don't turn aside. Now I want to turn to another scripture for you. It's a scripture found in the book of Revelation. By the way, I covered this last night in our Tuesday night meeting. I'd like to encourage any of you who would like to come to come to our Tuesday night. It's an intense time of learning and sharing. It's not a time that's casual and laid back. It is very intense. One woman said, I was afraid to come because I thought you all were so far along that I wouldn't fit in. But she found that wasn't the truth. The truth was we're all fellow pilgrims together and in every way possible giving ourselves to Jesus Christ until we are entirely given over to his power, his presence. So I want to give you the address where you could come and be a part with the National Prayer Chapel. We meet at the All Saints Anglican Church on Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. We begin to pray. At 7.30, we open the Word, and we go at it. We go at it hard. We want to know what it says. We want to grow. We want to be drawn into the heart of God. We don't want to be casual and laid back. We want Jesus. If you're serious about wanting Jesus, I invite you to come on a Tuesday evening. If you're casual about Jesus and you're not interested, then please don't come. This is not an entertainment evening. It's not a concert evening. It's serious, straight-up Jesus. He's the bread of life. So I invite you to come. We meet at 6.30 at the All Saints Anglican Church in Woodbridge, Virginia. Let me give you the address. 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. People are driving from Hyattsville, Prince George's County, Burke, They're coming from all over. You're welcome to come too. I also would like to invite you to come on Sunday. 
On Sunday, we begin with corporate prayer at 12 noon. We move into what we call welcome and praise and worship at 12.30. Again, it's the same place. It's the All Saints Anglican Church, located at 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22192. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. There you'll find a map. You'll find, by the way, a whole new webpage that we're still working to get all the, the problems worked out of, but it's a fabulous new page that a wonderful brother who does this professionally created this webpage. I invite you to go and just take a look at it, see what's there explore it you'll find many many wonderful resources i also invite you to go to uh, the twitter page uh, national prayer chapel and you'll find all kinds of posts there now i also want to take just a minute before we go to this revelation passage We've come to the end of the month, and I'm inviting you, please, would you step in and help us cover the cost of radio for this month? I wanted to do an offertory today or tomorrow, and it was clear I was not to do that. So I'm asking, please, would you step in and would you help us cover radio? One dear brother showed up on Sunday at the church and brought $300 to help cover radio. I'm very grateful for this dear brother. He didn't stay for worship, and I didn't like that. I wish he had come and stayed and received the blessing. But he certainly blessed us to help us with the cost of the radio. So please, if the Lord moves in your heart, To help cover the cost of radio, would you send the tithe of the offering to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And I want to thank each one of you who has so kindly given this month. And I have not been able to get thank you notes out to you. I apologize. My life has been literally turned upside down in the last weeks as I've tried to cover every base. But things will calm down now that the Resurrection Sunday day is over. So please, thank you. And I love each one of you. I could not do this without you stepping in and sacrificially giving. And so by faith, I'm not going to do an offertory today or tomorrow. I'm going to simply teach the word. Thank you for caring enough about the gospel of Jesus to give. 
Now, please go with me to Revelation, the 12th chapter. I'm going to begin reading with verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in the heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren was cast down, the one accusing them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives to the point of death. So, how did they win in the battle, in the fight? By the blood of Jesus Christ. And secondly, by their testimony that they were not going to turn aside from God. That they were going to be faithful and lift him up. By the testimony of what God has done in their hearts and in their lives. The testimony of who Jesus Christ is. That's how they won over the devil. And, last, they were willing to die for what they believed in. Now, all of that brings us, in the last minutes of our broadcast, to Matthew, the 10th chapter. And this is what I really wanted to talk with you about. 10th chapter of Matthew, verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace upon the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. The battle's on. For I came to divide man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a bride against her mother-in-law. And the enemies of the man are of his household. The one loving father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And the one loving son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And the one who does not take his cross and keep on following me is not worthy of me. The one having found his life will lose it, and the one having lost his life for my sake will find it. When you lose your life in this world for Jesus Christ, it means you're done with sin, you've turned your back on the devil, you're no longer participating in his lies and cheating and wickedness and evil. You have given yourself utterly over to Jesus Christ and to his word. Now, chapter 11, verse 11. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not appeared a greater than John the baptizer, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. How's that possible? Because John was the last of the old covenant. The new covenant is where the war is being fought. It's where the battle is surging. And we're called into that war. And from the days, verse 12, and from the days of John the baptizer until now, the kingdom of heaven is entered with burning zeal. Now, if you look at a King James Version or an NIV, it's going to say with violence. But the actual Greek word means burning zeal zeal. It is one seeking to enter with a right attitude, and there is a burning desire to enter. You cannot enter this war and be made righteous 
You cannot be saved without a burning zeal in your heart that says, I must have Jesus. If you're casual about Jesus, you you are not saved. If Jesus is just one interesting part of your life, you're not saved. You're saved when you join this battle for the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of God, and you walk under that divine authority, you are given utterly to Jesus Christ. If you try to save your life, you will lose it. In other words, if you place finances ahead of Jesus, if you place mother, father, children, wife, husband in front of Jesus, you cannot be saved. That's what he's saying. It's radical. He wants a person utterly given over and sold out who's made the decision, I will not compromise this gospel ever again. So it requires a burning zeal. This burning zeal will cause you to seek after Jesus. And most who get this burning zeal seek after Jesus. They pursue the promises of God. They have something they need from God. And when they don't get it, often they get angry. And then the question is, will you endure? Will you patiently wait on God as he refines your soul and cuts out of your heart every unclean thing as he transforms you into a person of light, of joy, of peace, of righteousness, of innocence, of holiness. You have burning zeal for something, and then you can't have it. The door's closed. And you end up having to wait on God. Remember the parable of the seed? The seed fell on good land, and it was by persistence by persistence that good fruit was produced a hundredfold well I've come to this radio broadcast year after year after year and what do I see being produced in in the flesh I see basically very little being produced now thousands of people are listening on the internet Ireland this last month had 1,200 downloads of the broadcast. Other parts of the world, many downloads of the broadcast. People are listening. But what am I seeing in production? I'm not. Many years ago, God gave me a dream when I started this broadcast. And in the dream, I was in a church pulpit preaching. But in front of me were just many, many pillars. I could hear slightly a congregation behind those pillars, but I could not see them. And I was told to preach the word. And so without seeing the people, all I could do was preach in faithfulness to Jesus. I was a part of the war. I'm still doing that. It's taken great endurance on my part. It's taken great patience on my part I said to a friend this morning sometimes if I had my way I'd walk away I'd say this is useless nothing is happening 
but it's not for me to judge whether something is happening. It's for God to judge what he's doing. I'm simply to endure. I'm simply to be faithful with burning zeal for the salvation of the lost and the sinner, to call you to leave behind every part of the darkness of this world and to come out into the light, the glorious joy of knowing Jesus Christ and the fullness of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven, that his divine authority is being exercised over the earth. The battle is on. The devil is being driven out of this world does it look like it not to the human flesh but if you read the end of revelation you quickly see the devil loses and jesus wins (coughs) jesus died on the cross the devil's going to die in hell and not just the devil but all of those who continue to walk in rebellion and sin against the Most High God. There's no covering. There's no covering up of your sin. There is the removal of your sin by the blood of Jesus. There is the making of you into a new creature in Jesus Christ. This requires burning zeal on your part. If you're laid back and cold of heart and casual about the faith... You cannot be saved until that is changed, and it only changes by listening to the preaching of the Word, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And how shall they hear if no one is sent to preach? Now, secondly, it says, And the passionate eagerly claim it for themselves. The passionate. That is, only those who claim this for themselves, who claim the kingdom of God for themselves. Have you claimed the kingdom of God for your heart? Are you burning with zeal for the kingdom of God? Are you on fire for Jesus? If you're not... You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You can enter the church. You can be a good church member. You can go enjoy the show. You can listen and laugh at the jokes. You can cry at the inspirational stories. But you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. You're going to have to walk clean in Jesus if you're going to enter the kingdom of God. There has to be this this passionate burning zeal the kingdom of God is being taken by people who desire it above all things who recognize the war who have allowed the kingdom of God to overcome their lives so that the territory of their lives has been reclaimed for Jesus Christ and for the kingdom of heaven Has that happened for you? Has your life been reclaimed by the kingdom of God? Do you have a burning passion for Jesus? Do you have a burning zeal for Jesus? Are you passionate about Jesus Christ? Do you love him with all of your heart? Are you given to him with all of your heart? Or is it a passing interest you'll listen to a broadcast you'll 
Maybe go to church. Really? That's not what Jesus wants from you. He wants you to join as a warrior in the advancement of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is good news because it sets men free. It releases them from their sins. It establishes men and women in love and joy and peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness and holiness. It's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to be transformed into the likeness of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is that war fought and won? in your heart have you burning zeal are you passionate about jesus christ have you repented of your wickedness have you repented of your sin have you turned aside and you've said okay i'm done with sin i'm i'm for jesus i'm not going to turn back he owns me i belong to him all that i have is his my family's his everything i have belongs to jesus is that where you are today Or are you a cultural Christian? Casual? Cynical? Laid back? Unwilling to sacrifice for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Or does the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, go here, go there, give this, say that? Are you a part of the kingdom of God today? Or are you a part of the kingdom of darkness? The war is on. Are you a casualty of the war? Or have you entered into the light and the glory of Jesus Christ? O Lord, I lift up every person listening to this broadcast. I ask that you put a burning zeal in their heart. I ask that you make them passionate about the kingdom of heaven, the divine authority of your kingdom, Jesus. Would you come and rule over us? Would you exercise your discipline, your authority? Would you teach us the way of the cross? Lord, I love you. I love you and I trust what you're doing. Please be glorified today, Jesus. Please be lifted up in our hearts. Let none turn aside into foolishness, Jesus. But let us say we are done with sin and we are filled by the Holy Spirit. Lord, come, please. We would join the battle against the devil, the world, and the flesh. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. I'd like to meet you. Would you come and visit? Identify yourself as a listener to Pilgrim's Progress. I'd enjoy talking and praying with you. Now, 
You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. The zip 22195. It's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. And again, I'd like to thank each one of you who this last month has so generously given. This last week, though, was very, very slow. I think there was only one or two who sent anything this last week. So I ask, please, would you help me cover this month? I'm going to teach again tomorrow. I'm not going to do an offertory. So please, I need your help. I'm trusting Jesus to move in your heart. This is not listener-sponsored radio. This is Jesus-sponsored radio. He's the one who will, by his spirit, move in your heart and say, step into the war. Be a part of the battle. Thank you, my brother, my sister. I love you dearly. I pray for you each day. I lift you up before the throne of God. I take the letters you send and I pray through them for you. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.